from Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. You may be seated. Would you believe me if I told you that today's message was about finding encouragement? Yes. <laughs> I know. I know John the Baptist does not scream encouraging. He screams other things. But as I read through our text this week, as I prayed and studied, I kept coming back to our second reading, the reading from Romans. I kept seeing all of these other readings through the lens of Paul's words to Rome, words of God's steadfastness and encouragement. And so somehow I even found some encouragement in our gospel reading from Matthew today. So as Paul writes to the church in Rome, he's writing to a church that is struggling to find itself, to find its identity as followers of Jesus because Rome was going through what a lot of churches go through as they grow and expand, they were becoming more diverse. For Rome, it was around culture and ethnicity and ritual. No longer were members of churches only people who practiced Judaism and also followed Jesus. They were beginning to be made up of Greeks and Romans who were coming to the body of Christ without the same rituals, without the same culture. And it was hard. The church in Rome was needing to be reminded of God's steadfastness and encouragement, to be reminded that through Jesus, God brings that steadfastness and encouragement to a larger group than they could have ever imagined. And I can relate a bit to the church in Rome today, because for the last few months, as we get ready for this week's quarterly visioning meeting and potluck on Wednesday, we have been thinking and talking about who we are as church. As we look to update our mission and vision statements, we've been looking to answer questions like who we are, who we serve, what impact we have. As part of this process, at our last quarterly visioning meeting, at the Thursday morning duct tape crew right after that and after church that following Sunday, I asked you, 
members and friends of Bethany, to write down your stories of when you experienced church being church at its best here. 31 of you gave me stories to read through. And I had glanced at a few of them, but I wanted to read through all of them and mark them up based on some mission, vision, statement, creation materials I had found. And so it took me a few weeks longer than I had wanted to to actually finish that project, which right now, the mission and vision board that I had created is folded up and behind something in the fellowship hall from yesterday's memorial service. But I hope to put that back up after the fire drill today so you can take a peek at it. In the first few weeks after that visioning meeting in September, we had been diving into the table catechism series, we had the women's fall salad supper, it was the first anniversary of my dad's death, we had our first week supporting family promise as a host congregation, or a support congregation for our host church. My car broke down and we had to get a new one. It was like this endless stream of things. Some of them really good and exciting, and some of them not so much. And so finally, I sat down in my office and I read 31 stories of our church being church at its best. Not that we're perfect, there's still plenty of places to grow and improve, but in those moments where I was feeling frantic and tired, your stories of welcome, of joy, of love were so filled with hope and encouragement and a trust in God's steadfastness, I'm actually excited for this week's quarterly visioning meeting and potluck, and I hope that I can try and instill some of that excitement in you too, because I'm excited to see how we turn these stories of welcome and family into statements on who we are and what we see God doing here. For me, after that crazy few weeks at the end of September and beginning of October, I needed God's encouragement for energy and excitement in the midst of a busy time. And as we look ahead, as we are now our second Sunday into this Advent season, what encouragement might you be needing? Is it for energy, like it was for me? Is it for hope in how we welcome others, particularly those who might be different from us in some way or another? Is it for peace? Just peace in this season of busyness? Or maybe encouragement in your own seeking of peace in the world. In our Isaiah reading today, the prophet is speaking to a people who are oppressed, who are tired, who are worn, who have faced abuse and violence and are hoping for a peace unlike anything they've ever seen. And Isaiah provides this beautiful imagery of a new life growing from a stump, of the Spirit of the Lord resting upon the one who is to come, of wolves and lambs, calves and lions, of a world that once knew prey and predator, now only knowing community, the community of all creation. Maybe this Advent season, you're needing God's encouragement for that kind of peace and reconciliation, the hope we find in Isaiah's imagery of righteousness and equity. And maybe, maybe you can even find some encouragement this Advent season in John the Baptist's words. Maybe. John in the wilderness proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The word repent has gotten a pretty bad rap over the years, but really it just means to turn around. And most theologians will say that when John says this, it's more of a turn towards God. 
Turn away from whatever is leading you away from God in your life and turn towards God. And maybe there is something going on in our lives that is destructive for us. Toxic relationships, harmful vices, the kinds of things that leave us feeling discouraged or doubtful of who we are and who we're meant to be. Because that's sin. Those things that take us away from God, that destroy us, that pull us away from God and from our community together. The kind of stuff that draws us away from people who love us, from being able to love ourselves. And maybe the encouragement we need this Advent season is a crazy dude wearing camel's hair screaming about repentance for us to see it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees in our reading today certainly needed it themselves. They pretty much thought that they had things covered. They were religious leaders. They were, quote, righteous according to their faith and their culture. And it seems as though John thinks the Pharisees and Sadducees who come to him to be baptized are doing it more for show than for their own personal sense of needing to turn to something, to turn around their lives, to turn towards God. The metaphor John uses of wheat and chaff is not a new one to Scripture. It comes up in the Psalms, in Hosea, Isaiah, Malachi, even Job. Basically, the chaff is like the husk of the corn or the wheat. It's the stuff that isn't edible or useful, and so it's considered garbage and gets thrown away. And it's kind of a mean metaphor to use to talk about people, but John wasn't the most tactful or kind in his word choices. And to be fair, these men that he's talking to are pretty self-righteous. They think they're all wheat and no chaff, all good and no bad, all saint and no sinner. And it's that self-righteousness that John really encourages them to repent from. With some really harsh language that is hard for many of us to hear, but the truth is, none of us are all good. None of us are all saint. None of us are all good. We all fail to follow Jesus' commands to love God with all our hearts, our minds, and our souls, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We find ourselves feeling discouraged sometimes, unsure of what to do next. We find ourselves struggling to welcome those who are different from us to live in harmony with one another. We find ourselves in those difficult moments through a busy season like Advent, struggling to find hope or joy as we remember those we've lost. We find ourselves hearing these words from John and wondering, worrying, are we all wheat? Are we all chaff? But there's a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. There is one more powerful than I coming. This Advent season, we prepare the way for one who is more powerful than us, as we prepare to celebrate Jesus' birth in our world and in our lives, for his life and ministry of teaching and preaching and healing, of welcome to those he met, welcoming us into this body, we prepare for the one who goes to the cross to baptize us with the Holy Spirit, the same spirit of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, of knowledge and awe of the Lord that we are promised in Isaiah. We are both wheat and chaff, both sinner and saint, both righteous and in need of forgiveness. In Jesus' death, he takes our chaff, our garbage, our failures, our discouragement, and in his resurrection, he throws our garbage in the fire. Jesus takes all of our garbage and he throws
throws it in the fire to make us new. So that we might turn around, turn towards that kind of grace, that kind of love, that kind of hope we find in God's promises through Jesus. So that in the midst of whatever we might be going through, we might have hope. So that we might share this hope, this joy, this peace we find in Jesus with those in need, with those we meet. So that we might welcome one another just as Christ has welcomed us. So that this Advent season, God might bring us whatever encouragement we're needing as we prepare the way for the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.